With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the... the whoa. Welcome to That's Good Sports Podcast. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys. Uh, I'm posting this podcast on my main channel right now, just so you guys know. Will and I do a podcast together every Thursday. It's like an hour long where we talk about the NFL, all the games that are coming up uh, during the week. So make sure you subscribe to the That's Good Sports Podcast on wherever the fuck you listen to podcasts. Or you can always listen to it on my second channel, That's Good Podcasts. Today, though, in this episode, uh, we're going to talk about the Emmanuel Sanders trade, when the Broncos should start Drew Locke, uh, Sam Darnold seeing ghosts, should they have aired that comment, um, and just some more more football stuff. The, there's some Patriots news to update you on uh, with... Patriots bullshit. So we'll get into that today. Okay, Will, there now, were now with natural lighting. Now with check out Will Keys improved. That's right, noon improved version. Is 2. that 2.0. is that sunlight on your face now, Will? That's real uh, sunlight directly from the sun. Sacktown uh, sun, baby. It's some of the best sun there is. Did did the did the Kings play yet? Did they have they started their season? Yeah, they played last night and they lost by uh, by thirty to the fucking Phoenix Suns. <laughs> oh. Many people think are the worst team in the West. Uh, anyway, so they yeah. think the Suns are the worst team, and then Sacramento lost to them by thirty, or they yeah, think Sacramento's the worst team now. No, 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 don't know. It's just, it's just one game. Well, like I said, you know, the Broncos lost to the Raiders, and that uh, – ah, fuck, wait, no. Yeah, that didn't pan out for them, did it? Yeah. Uh, um, it's, if the Kings are bad this year, this might be the worst sports year for me of my life. Yeah, because you're a Broncos fan, and that's not looking promising. Yeah, also Kings a, Ro- fan, a Rockies fan. And a Rockies fan, and yeah. that did not turn out well. No, no at all. Not you got to find a hockey team. I think the Avalanche are pretty good, Will. Yeah, I might, I might go with the Sharks, though, because they're on TV. Uh, yeah, that's fair. They're good, too, right? Yeah, they're, usually, they're always like – they're basically the Bengals. From like uh, 2011 to 2015, when they were competitive, but just never good enough to actually win. The big well, ones. they yeah they lost in the finals once, but um, so I guess they're a little bit better than the the Bengals. Let's say they're like the Falcons. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the Nuggets won. The Nuggets did win. Yeah, they're gonna be good again. I don't think anybody's. Um, Anybody's denying that they could be, you know, they could be in the finals this year. I'm yeah. just saying it. People keep asking me to cover the Avalanche and the Nuggets, and I'm like, 
We can cover the Nuggets a little bit. I uh, could, yeah, we can do early in the season. We can throw some basketball in once, I don't know, like after Christmas. That's when basketball gets real, right? Yeah, how about after the Super Bowl? Okay, yeah, because right now, I'm not sure anybody really realizes, Will, but we do a lot of work just to stay up with football. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much to keep up with. Oh, my God. There's even more to keep up with basketball because you play like three games a week. Yeah, that'd be insane. Like, I – I don't know how how I could do that, but hopefully we get there one day. And yeah, well, when we expand. Yeah, once we buy Google, right? That's the plan. We buy Google, and then things should fall into place after that. I don't think you're supposed to bring that up just because yeah. negotiations could fall through. So I could have just killed the deal. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about some of the NFL trades that happened this week because uh, they were big ones. First, you had uh, Muhammad Sanu leaving the Falcons for the Patriots. Patriots needed a receiver because they moved Josh Gordon to IR. Well, they did that after the trade. But uh, I heard today, like, he just hasn't been able to get healthy from – he had a bruised knee or something, two bruised knees, and then he re-injured it a week or two ago, and they just haven't liked the way he's looked athletically. So they put him on IR, and now they get Muhammad Sanu – because oddly, the one thing that the Patriots are kind of struggling with is their offensive passing game because they don't have Antonio Brown. They don't have Gronk. They don't have Josh Gordon now. Uh, they still have Julian Edelman. They have other guys, and they are fine because their defense is playing so well. Uh, do you like the Mohamed Sanu trade? For the um, I like it. I don't think it's really going to make that much of a difference for the Patriots. Uh, I don't think it really changes how their offense works, particularly. I guess it's an upgrade when you think about how many passes they're throwing to guys like Jacoby Myers and uh, Gunner, old blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, yeah, all the guys we don't know who we will yeah. know in the playoffs. Yeah, of course. Yeah, when they score three touchdowns. But Mohamed Sanu's like a solid receiver, though. He's not. He is. Yeah, he's a third option. Yeah, he's. It's like a guy you can always rely on to catch the ball, and a guy who I think after a couple weeks in the Patriots' offense is going to be sort of savvy in the way that Julian Edelman is, where they know right. where to go. And that's all Tom Brady needs is like his players to know exactly where to be so he can just barely avoid the pass rush by stepping into the pocket, unlike Joe Flacco, and then completing passes. Well, let's save the Joe Flacco slander (laughs) for later because we've got plenty of it. I like this trade actually a lot for the Falcons because they're a team that needs a lot of work, I think, especially on the offensive line and on defense. So they get a second-round pick. Granted, it's going to be a late second-round pick. But – What's the what's the highest do you think that pick could be for them? Like twenty eight, like the Patriots lose in the the first playoff game they have. That's the yeah, best case scenario, would, right? Is twenty eight? Well, it would, it could be like I think it'd be twenty six or something. I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be because they're going to have a first round buy. Oh yeah, I guess it would be twenty eight or something. Unless something goes horribly yeah. wrong for them. Yeah, and, and God willing, but. So they get a second rounder for a guy who is not going to make an impact this season. They're already out of it. 
um, they well, pay him. He's he's got another year on his contract, but in all likelihood, he was going to get cut because he has uh, a six million dollar cap hit and no dead money if they release him prior to next season. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. They get an extra uh, day two draft pick. Um, they need, like I said, they need help, and and they they have like they have receiving. Uh, talent already. They obviously right. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Austin Hooper. Like a great season. Yeah. Those are three really good receiving targets. So that's an area they were deep. And you're right; they need help in, in other uh, other places. So both of the wide receiver trades make a ton of sense for both teams. So Emmanuel Sanders, you're in the 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 same position where. Uh, his contract was over this year, and I think unless the Broncos were really competitive, he was planning on not coming back anyway. I think there's been tension there ever since they haven't been good. Um, so the Broncos probably would have got, uh, what, like a compensatory pick for him, like a fifth rounder or something, maybe? Yeah, yeah so, probably fourth or fifth. Instead, they get a third and fourth round draft pick, which I think, like, that makes so much sense for Denver. I thought, yeah, I thought that was a really good trade. I thought that was a pretty good haul for a guy that's only going to be there for, you know, a guaranteed half season. Yeah, I thought that the Broncos were going to get exactly what the Patriot or what the Falcons got, like a second round pick from a good team. So, oh, I didn't getting, think they'd get that much. Getting a third and a fourth, uh, at least, you know the Broncos are going to be a team that needs corner help, probably, probably wide receiver help uh, and offensive line help. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of help. There's, they can use every extra draft pick they can get. And then Sanders goes to a team that really needs wide receiver help. So, right. Uh, and the 40, if somebody's going to figure out how to use Emmanuel Sanders quickly, it's Kyle Shanahan. And, yeah, Kyle uh, Sanders is already impressed with Kyle Shanahan because he wears Yeezys, so that's – Kind of a kind of a try-hard move, in my opinion. That's for, for good like chemistry. 30, for, like, a 38-year-old head coach. But don't you think he has always, wear, has always been wearing those? No. No. <laughs> he wasn't born got, with Yeezys? No, because he's been wearing that, like, flat-brimmed uh, – Right. Like, motocross dad hat recently on the sidelines. Yeah. It made him look like Kendall Roy from Succession. I don't quite get that reference. Maybe I will in a couple months. You will. When you start watching Succession, you're going to be like, oh, shit. Kyle Shanahan is Kendall Roy. Yeah, I just don't. I don't like coaches trying to look good on the sidelines. I I think um, most of the good ones, if you think about it, like Belichick, he's probably the worst-looking coach on the sideline. He doesn't look good. Big Fangio yeah. never looks good. Nope. Andy Reid looks like the Kool-Aid man consistently. Um, we don't know, and we don't know if Big Fangio is going to be good. So, but yeah, we don't know. We don't he's know. he's nailed the important element of not having to worry about his attire. So, correct. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter 
in the land. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket or ping pong and everything in between. It's super simple to sign up and it is free. Sports.axios.com. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. So sign up for free at sports.axios.com. Do you think a young coach is more inclined to try to relate to the players? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they're, I think during the off season, like Sean McVay is going out with Jared Goff to, to bars and clubs and getting bottle service um, among other things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I maybe, you know, there's probably some older coaches too that haven't been successful that are trying to relate to their players and it's becoming a Steve Buscemi, hello, fellow kids kind of situation there. Um, I'm trying to think of names that come to mind, (laughs) probably like, probably like Dan Quinn or something. I don't know. Doug Marone, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I would respect a coach who wasn't trying to relate to me. Oh yeah, no, I don't think Vic Fangio tries to relate to anybody. He's just he's a he is himself. Yeah, I think you just try to be who you are, and as long as that's authentic, that probably translates the best. uh, Especially if it seems like you know what you're talking about and you treat people like human beings. That's the one thing Bill Belichick doesn't have to do. No, get advice for yeah, being yourself. Get advice for a head coach. Uh, Terrible advice for every other facet of life. Don't yeah, always don't fake it until you make it. Don't be yourself. Just try to be the coolest version of whoever people think you are. Yeah, be who you think people think you should be, right? Yeah, step on the little people, climb the social <laughs> ladder, and uh, you know, forget, forget everybody uh, who got you there. Yeah, I've got a list for when I get to the top, and yeah. that is not a list of thank yous. Another Steve Buscemi reference. That is a list from, of fuck yous. Yes. Yeah, from Billy Madison. Um, okay, so the Broncos claim Jonathan Harris, defensive lineman Yeah. from the Bears. And I was prepared to talk about how this is a great signing for the Broncos because Vic Fangio knew him, he played with him, but uh, he was a rookie, so really can't <laughs> go with that angle. Uh, don't know anything about this guy, but uh, – Defensive line is an area that has felt shallow on depth. So that's why they do that. Uh, That's just an update. What I want to talk about, what we wanted to talk about. Yes. With as bad as Joe Flacco has been playing for the Broncos, when should they start playing Drew Locke? Right. Let's preface this by saying this is going to get really contentious. If Will and I are still doing this podcast by the end of this conversation, it will be a shocker. It will be a miracle, I think, because we don't see this uh, eye to eye. We are, we're already heated. Look how heated we already are. I'm, you can't see the steam coming off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm just livid. Um, I'm ready to burst, but I've got all these takes that I've got to get off my chest. First of all, uh, my hottest take is that um, 
I don't think the Broncos are really doing anything wrong because they're in a bad situation with a thumb injury to begin with. And it was it's just a tough situation uh, roster-wise, and I understand what they're doing. So uh, roast me all you want, but uh, just know that I'm right. Well, here's the thing, uh, Will, if that is your real name. We should probably explain like what they're doing in the first place for people that haven't kept yeah, up. Yeah, that's that's always good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think they should just do what they're doing. Uh, well, okay, right, so next topic. So right now, uh, we are the the Broncos are waiting to start practicing Drew Locke. He is currently on IR, yeah. designated uh, to return. <clears throat> he is able to practice now, and you have to practice for two weeks before you can play after coming off IR. Some something like that, right? I don't think there's a rule. Um, I don't know if there is, but let's I think go. you got to practice let's for like a week or two. Yeah. Whatever yeah. is correct, just pretend like we said that. Okay. Okay. So now the debate here in Denver, Broncos country. Oh, will, I, bet the, I bet sports radio is just. Uh, it's probably uh, on fire right now. Yeah, it is burning hot. I really don't listen to much anymore. Probably for your, uh, the benefit of Sanity. your yeah. health. I, yeah, I have we already talked about how shitty Good Morning Football has gotten? No, I didn't know it was getting shitty. Oh I, my! I usually watch it too. I, I haven't you, in a couple like, weeks. I used to really enjoy that show, but now yeah. I swear to God, every time I turn turn it on, it's just like Kyle Brandt yelling, <laughs> just like yelling about like some segment where he's supposed to be pretend fired up, like we are right now. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, I don't know. It's like, they have like all these gimmick segments now. It's like one after another. And they used to just sit around their table and talk football. And I felt like they made decent points and it was entertaining. And now it's like, they're trying to, they're trying to, I don't know, be entertaining. It's really, it's bothering me. <laughs> they're trying to be entertaining. How dare them? They're trying to be entertaining in the wrong way. All right, I'm going to give them uh, a, the benefit of the doubt because you and I do this for one hour a week, and they have to do it for 15 hours a week. They have to be on television spouting off takes 15 hours a week. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it because you and I would gladly uh, yeah. dethrone Kyle Brandt and Kyle or Pete Schrager, whoever he is, big nerd, big time football nerd. I don't know how he even got that job. Uh, he's a dweeb, and if I see him, I'm going to stuff him into a locker and then take his job. I'm saying it's getting overproduced. Okay. Okay. They're, okay. They're, they're replacing fair. some of their just genuine conversation with these gimmicky segments that yeah. take away from what I thought made the show good. Well, maybe okay. you should write a letter to them. And those, you know what we do, Will? We write 10 to 15-minute episodes almost every day that are like fucking gold monologues from shitty late-night shows. And right. that ain't easy either. No. No, no, like, no, no. And usually monologues last like three minutes on late yeah, night. Yeah, ours are a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, and better. Okay. Drew Locke. So he Horsecock Locke himself, yep. Horsecock Locke. Uh people want to know what the Broncos have in a quarterback. So the debate is do you play him at all this season? Right now it looks like he won't be activated or starting to practice until like week 14. 
So it looks like the Broncos' plan is to play him. That's what Mike Lewis said. The final game or two, right? Yeah. I think. I think that's a mistake, first of all. I think they should give him at least four games. Okay. Four games I can live with. Uh, I think he should be practicing right now. And I think he should play as soon as possible because the more reps you can get in a season that's going nowhere, I think is beneficial. Assuming, this is all assuming his thumb is healthy. No, he, yeah, he sprained his thumb, which I've, we don't I've have that. I've my thumb before. It's very hard to grip a football afterwards. Yeah, Let but it's – throw it at an NFL level. It's been like 10 or 11 weeks. Drew Brees had thumb surgery, and he is supposed to play this weekend. Okay. So, uh, you made a point saying that, you know, Drew Locke has been out with the injury. He only played half preseason. So he needs to practice with the team to get a feel before they throw him out there. I agree with that. Yeah. And I think it should just be as soon as possible, assuming his fucking thumb is healthy. Okay. I don't think you can do it as soon as possible because the whole point of this is to evaluate him and see if you want to stick with him. Uh, But if you throw him out there too early without getting enough practice and like still having, you know, questionable thumb situation – uh, I don't think it's going to go well. I think it'd probably be a disaster if you went in with just like a week of practice or something. Uh, and I don't think it would be a fair evaluation. I don't think it would be any evaluation at all. So you're, you're really back to square one um, where you don't, you can't tell anything about him. Uh, you're not sure where you're going to go next situ- or next season. And they could be in a spot where, you know, this is a pretty deep quarterback draft. You got uh, two, uh, Herbert, Fromm, Eason, and Burrow that are all probably going to be, you know, top 15 draft picks. And the Broncos are probably going to find themselves in a situation where they've got Drew Locke on the roster, but they're also going to be in a position to draft a quarterback with their first-round pick um, in all likelihood, or at least trade up for someone. Well, that's the thing. That's why you want to see Drew Locke play, right? But you sunk a second-round pick into a guy – you let him play for four weeks and then decide to draft a quarterback. Is that, is that a fair evaluation? Are you really going to be able to yeah, know anything about him at that point? I think you'll know something. I think, you'll know something I think if he comes out and he plays well, then you don't have to worry about drafting a quarterback. I think like okay. if you spend a second round draft pick on a quarterback and I, Look, give him two weeks of practice. Let him at least say he feels comfortable with the, with the offense, which he should because he had training camp and he had a few weeks of preseason. He should feel comfortable with that. He, played, he started all four years at Missouri, right? So he did. he's played a lot of football. He has. Like, I think, assuming he's healthy, let him practice two weeks. You have nothing to lose by letting him play as many games as you can reasonably get in this season four I think is great I'll I'll agree with you if he can play four games that's awesome he's going to be playing with a spotty offensive line uh he has one really talented wide receiver in Cortland Sutton so if he looks good with a shitty offensive line then you have to feel very optimistic about him uh and I can't I don't know how much more Joe Flacco I can watch just from well, a fan perspective, yeah. I want to see, I want to see something different because oh, absolutely, 
And that's yeah, not fair, obviously, to Drew Locke. But, like, <laughs> here's what I feel like I've learned about quarterbacks is some of them do need time to grow and develop, and they have to be in the right system. But most good quarterbacks will play well, kind of know – like, you, you can know if a guy is good fairly quickly if he is – Overperforming. Yeah, you want to see high expectations for a guy, and he's playing like shit. It is a very, very bad sign. But a guy you're not sure about who plays well, very optimistic, and is a positive sign where you can make better decisions for your team in the next draft. Because if the Broncos are not taking a quarterback in that first round, they can upgrade the offensive line, and that will be a benefit to whoever the fuck is taking snaps from quarterback. Now, the other thing I wanted to say is, what if they're keeping him off the field because they want to see what Brandon Allen has? Because they they made a move to get Brandon Allen on the roster, and what if they let him start a couple of games before Drew Locke comes back? I Start him next week. I don't care. <laughs> Fucking put him in for the next six weeks. But, I mean, wouldn't that make more sense? A guy who is – probably much more not really properly no. suited to play in the style of offense that rich gangarella wants to run and joe flacco is not oh that yeah guy joe at all. flacco um looking back on it yeah he's really a horrible fit for that offense um adam <laughs> rank adam rank was correct yeah we owe adam rank a big apology i don't think they're gonna go two and 14 but we owe them a big apology about joe flacco being the least mobile quarterback in football he couldn't have been more correct yeah, uh, and I think we all got duped a little bit because uh, Joe Flacco ran Gary Kubiak's offense really well back in yes, 2014. Yes, we did. Yes, that was probably did. his best overall season as a pro, uh, and we assumed that you know someone like Joe Flacco wasn't going to take a take a step back or maybe you know five step ba- steps back athletically in the span of uh, six years. Yeah, well. The thing, like, looking at the Broncos getting just owned by the Chiefs, like, Flacco's doing little things wrong. Like, he's taking too many steps in his drops. Yeah. Which is leading to, like, these sacks, holding onto the ball too long. And uh, I think Cecil Lammy posted this stat uh, from Next Gen Stats. Um, Joe Flacco has missed two or more open receivers. They're calling these valuable route throws on 21 pass attempts which is the worst in the NFL tied with Jameis Winston. And it, there were, I saw several, several examples of Flacco not seeing open receivers in uh, okay. the game to, to Kansas City. So, like – I also don't want to be a Joe Flacco defender because I hate him as much as the next guy. I don't hate him. I think they're – like I, I think he does – there are things Joe Flacco does really well, but – He throws the ball hard. <laughs> he throws the ball too hard on short routes. He's great, got that great deep ball arm. And he's not he's not phased by whatever's happening in the game. Like Yeah, but it, almost uh, a little bit yeah, you can, detriment that, sometimes. That edge, that sword cuts both ways. But it does. We saw him lead comeback drives multiple times this season. That's like, true. He's not – that's like – I don't usually want to spend because too much time talking he, about uh, him. Yeah, usually because he's only scored, you know – to 10 points the rest of the game he's right. in a situation where he needs to come back so that's the thing but the broncos have a, too much money wrapped up in him 
That's the problem. That's why Brandon Allen's not going to play. Because they're they're on the hook to pay Joe Flacco twenty million next year, and if they don't, they take like thirteen million in dead cap space, which the Broncos did to themselves with a weird rework of his contract. So, yeah, like assuming that he was going to be a guy that they like hang on to for uh, basically a Brett Favre type. Yeah, but uh, they used to to bridge to Drew Locke. So my my new stance is. Uh, let's start Brandon Allen now. Then let's see what Drew Locke is. Then if you still think you need to draft a quarterback, draft one. Because until you find a quarterback, you're, you're winning is so hard you're in dead. the NFL. You're dead. You're yeah. dead. We know it more than anybody else. We know it more than any other team. Um, how, come, how come Trevor Simeon couldn't have been Kyle Allen or Gardner Minshew? You I mean, know? he kind of was, really. When you think about it, you're uh, year one as a starter, he was that kind of guy. Um, I think he that was, was just his ceiling. situation with a, a really bad coach and bad offensive lines, and and um, yeah, kind of to get to our next topic. I think at the end of his career, well, he's still he's still in the NFL, but at the end of his time with the Broncos, he started to see ghosts. Ooh, see. Which is something that I think you and I want to talk about relating to New York Jets quarterback Sam Darnold, who saw a lot of ghosts on Monday Night Football, uh, threw a ton of picks, scored precisely zero points, I think, right? I stopped watching that game. After, yeah, like, they were I- shut out. They got shut out 33-0. Okay, great. Um, he looked bad. The whole offense looked bad. Adam Gates looked bad. And ESPN looks pretty bad for sharing that clip with us on their mic'd up segment uh, in the middle of the game, uh, showing Sam Darnold looking at the Microsoft Surface tablet, uh, looking at his reads on, on the game film, and popping his head up and saying, I'm seeing ghosts, which is not um, a clip that you should share publicly. Uh, with an NFL quarterback because usually those things are approved before they air them. And they, there's an NFL films rep that tells them uh, what they can show and what they cannot show. And somehow they decided either they didn't approve it and they showed it or they decided that was okay. Adam Gase was upset. Le'Veon Bell was upset. Uh, Gardner Minshew said – that it was bad, which, you know, he is. Uh, which we know he is the coolest guy in the NFL, so. Oh, yeah, he said he said specifically that's not cool. Yeah, if and, anybody's going to know if it's cool, it's him. Yeah, he, no, he's the coolest. So I want to ask you, what do you think about this? Do you think it was a dick move by ESPN to, to air that? I didn't think anything of it, and I, I liked that they aired it. I thought it was a very – humanizing moment for an NFL player struggling and him saying like, I'm seeing ghosts out there to me feels like the nicest way a guy can criticize himself about making mistakes and also entertaining. Uh, the, the, the part that sucks is yeah, that's, it's going to draw attention 
uh, it's going to be a meme. Like it's going to be like all of the negative shit you wouldn't want it to be. And I, I understand that part of it, but I would personally like to see more players <laughs> admitting when they fucked up because uh, it makes me feel better about my life. <laughs> okay. I understand that, but okay. So these guys have an image to uphold as professional athletes. Uh, I'm not saying as role models, but they have to sell themselves for advertisements, jerseys, right. um, for all these kind of things, for endorsements. And, to and you're saying ghosts, that, there's not a lot of money in ghosts. No, like you could do maybe uh you would have said like, I'm seeing Jersey Mike's out there. You could Boom, sponsor like Spirit, Spirit Halloween or something. Oh, that is, I hear haunted houses make a lot of money every year. So They do, yeah. I, was trying to, I, I thought about going to a haunted house last week and it was 30 fucking dollars. And yeah. I said, no, thank you. Uh <laughs> I'll just scare myself by looking at my student loans. <laughs> I, didn't actually, I didn't actually take out any student loans. <laughs> uh, smart man. Yep. Very I smart. Yep. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know. I thought it was pretty innocent, I guess. But I say some fucked up shit on my show. So, like, what, what do I know? I'm probably the wrong person to assess this. Correct. Uh, and I have very little shame. So, yeah, like, when you had, guys, you had douchebags on the Patriots like Kyle Van Noy making fun of them after the game. Um, well, that's the thing. Then you have like reporters asking the opposing team about the right, comment yeah. immediately after the game. That's the part that's probably fucked up. Like, I think reporters yeah, are stupid media talking point. I wouldn't be surprised if ESPN did that just so they could make a story out of it. Yeah, that's fair. I think that part of it's. That that part I think is stupid. Asking an opposing team who just shut out a twenty-one-year-old quarterback on primetime football about a comment he made during the game that they didn't know about and wouldn't know about until you know they got home or whatever. Um, yeah, this is a guy that just had mono. Um, yeah, and he just beat the remember. Cowboys. I don't know how that I don't know how that factors into it, but he just played a great game against the Cowboys. Yeah. Like, playing bad games like this is part of being a young quarterback. Yeah, against a really, really good defense like the Patriots, which is another thing we're going to talk about. How good do you think this Pats D is? Are they historically good? Or it's, have they just played uh, a really, really shitty schedule so far? It is so hard to evaluate. <laughs> uh, I think the, the, the evidence that they are, are very good is because of what they did in the Super Bowl to the Rams, right? But yes. the, the competition they have played this year is insanely bad. And their they're lopsided like turnover stats and sacks all reflect that they're playing quarterbacks like Sam Darnold having an awful night, a Luke Falk, <laughs> Josh Allen throwing three t- uh, interceptions, Fitzpatrick yeah. Rosen, Daniel Jones. Like they're just feasting on guys who don't know how to play the game yet. Colt McCoy, they play it like right. it is really hard to assess like how good the Patriots defense is. And I think they're a really good defense, but they I don't think they are a historically good defense the way their numbers suggest. Yeah. 
I think they are historically very lucky with who they have played so far. Well, they're, and they, okay, get, they're, they get Baker Mayfield next, who leads the yeah, league in interceptions. So <laughs> yeah, so they have 18 interceptions right now, which is an absurd number. Yeah. I think the Broncos Both teams are going to get that all year. Five, yeah. They have a plus 14 turnover differential, which honestly is surprising to me. I thought it was going to be – um, I thought it was going to be higher than that. Apparently, the Patriots' offense has turned the ball over seven times, which was surprising to me. Yeah, Brady's um, thrown more picks. Tom, been five picks. You've something. seen him usually throw. Um, yeah, so I think they – we just have to see them play a good team. Uh, it may not happen, to be honest. They may never play a good team this season. Yeah, they uh, – yeah, We know they've got the Texans coming up. They've got the Ravens coming up. They've got the Chiefs coming and, up, apparently, although that could be against, like, Chad Henney. And the Eagles, which – I'm not saying the Eagles are a good team, but they're an average team. Well, yeah, I mean, when they play the Eagles, knowing they're like – Nelson Aguilar will have a ball bounce off of his face mask directly to Stephon Gilmore, who runs it back <laughs> for a touchdown. That's yeah. bullshit. Um, but the thing that they do have that is playing a big factor, I think, is continuity because it's roughly the same defense, I think, as last year. Yeah. And another year in the same system, the system, the, the same system they've had since the year two thousand. Yeah, basically, the year twenty is the twentieth anniversary of their defensive system. Yeah, they got that. Uh, they got that shit figured out. Yeah, and they didn't have a defensive coordinator for a part of the offseason. Yeah, they don't, well, I mean, they don't need one. Shiano, and then, uh, no, they don't. It's really Bill Belichick. Bill so Belichick. And his, his son's doing a lot of the coaching, too, on the defensive side of the ball and somebody else. Sure. Uh, but I thought this is weird. Uh Adam Schefter is trying to promote the idea that Tom Brady is more likely to play for another team than uh, stay with the Patriots. He thinks the likelihood yeah. is like retire, play for another team, or play for the Patriots. Okay, so here's the thing with that. is He said that after the Monday Night Football game when they were doing like their, their post-game stuff, on the field, which the thing with Adam Schefter, which is tricky, is when he states his opinion, which I think this was his opinion. I think it was just conjecture. No, he made it it's, pretty clear it's his opinion. Yeah, but it's people take it as he knows something that we don't know because he's so plugged in. Because he knows uh, so much we don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Area 51, don't, don't, he knows all of it. He knows all of it. Uh, he knows all of this because he can fit into small places and sneak into places like locker rooms through the air vents, and he can generally go undetected. Because <laughs> Adam Schefter just in a team's locker room listening yeah. after a game yeah. for, for dirt, yeah, he's, for scoops. He's like he's walking on the ceiling with suction cups. Um, no, because like, how could you see him? It's you know, you just. He's below your line of sight at all times. Right. Uh, yeah. He's creating opinion with reporting, and I think this is just opinion. Mm. You were you kind of cutting out there. 
Okay. Well, I was saying, yeah, the problem is people are conflating opinion with reporting, and this was just uh, his opinion. Yeah, I, but he's just like – he's not that guy who kind of – he doesn't come out there with ridiculous opinions often. So maybe this is ESPN trying to encourage him to do that or – Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but what it made me think about, Will, is let's say Tom Brady does retire after this season which I think there is a good chance of that. This would be a very good season for the Patriots to acquire a quarterback who could possibly be a free agent. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, quarterback movement this year. I know you uh, – I, I you made you a list, a list here. And I'm not saying all of these will even become free agents. But if one of these guys – got wind that the Patriots would take them yeah. if they did become a free agent, which I think they all fucking would do. The Patriots could choose between Philip Rivers, Jameis mm-hmm. Winston, Marcus Mariota, Dak Prescott, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Tannehill, Teddy Bridgewater, Josh Rosen, not a free agent, but I'm going to just say he is in play to go to any yeah, team. For all intents and purposes. And Cam Newton. So I think you're looking at uh, Rivers. Mm, I think they'll give Mariota like half of a chance. Uh, Tannehill and Rosen. And I think um, I think Rosen actually makes a lot of sense. I think he would do really, really well on that team. I think Josh Rosen makes sense, and I think Teddy Bridgewater makes sense. I don't think they'd go into a season with Rosen. I think they could have him on, on a roster and see how he does. So I think they were probably pretty interested in him in the 2018 draft um but i don't think obviously didn't have a chance to get him because he was drafted at 10 but i I think if it came to that yeah i think they would be able to plug him in and he would be uh at least as good as brady has been for the last 10 years um maybe a little bit better what about rivers i don't think rivers is gonna go anywhere i don't think he is either but Oh yeah, of course he'd be good. Do you think that would make sense? If Bra- oh yeah, no, they'd uh, they would cruise to a Super Bowl. They'd probably go nineteen and zero with Rivers, considering how big of an upgrade that is. Oh, he could he could shake off so much criticism with that move from us. <laughs> yeah, no, he could. Um, well, no, I mean, cause yeah, I guess so. That'd be really really conflicted. I mean, he could Every- probably throw two fourth quarter picks every week and win. 14 games with the Patriots. Oh, yeah. No, he wouldn't be in that situation. So, it'd be crisis averted every week. I mean, we talk about how overrated Phillip Rivers is um, and how he doesn't get any blame for the Chargers losses. Just all injuries and, uh, you know, other players fucking up and it's never Phillip Rivers' fault. Um, Last week, he got out of that with Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Despite the fact that um, he's always had a good supporting cast on offense – and, uh, you know, he is the one constant factor, um, you know, throughout the last, whatever, 15 years of him being on the Chargers. Um, and it just so it turns out that they, you know, haven't been past the divisional round since 2007. Um, but anyway, we're not talking about Philip Rivers. We're talking about the Patriots. Yeah. yeah I think Josh Rosen makes a little bit of sense. I don't think Dak's going anywhere. No, I don't think Dak's going to go anywhere. I think the Colts are going to keep Jacoby Brissett. 
But yep. I and since Jacoby was drafted by the Patriots, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, and Josh Rosen all would make a ton of sense for the Patriots. I think all three of those guys could handle that offense from a preparation standpoint and intellectually. Um, yeah. And with Brissett and Bridgewater right now, Rosen has more to prove, but they're like, they're quarterbacks who will give you a solid football game and not make a lot of mistakes. And I think. Yeah, which isn't like, you know, which I, I said, like, that's going to be um, great for them. You know, it's an upgrade. And I think Bill Belichick wants to win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. And oh, that's all he wants. That is, he's that done. Is, you know, that's what he wants. He wants to take. Uh, just the shittiest quarterback in the league and turn him into an all-pro and win the Super Bowl. That would be impressive. Which I hope, as much as I hate the Patriots, I hope that happens because then uh, we can once and for all um, put to rest this uh, this myth that Tom Brady is some great quarterback. <laughs> I mean, is, he, is he top 25 ever? Sure. Yeah, of course. Of course. Sure. He's like 24. Uh, but is he the greatest? That's that's absurd. That's like calling um, I don't know. It's it's like calling like Clyde Drexler or someone the best basketball player of all time. Yeah, exact. Great, great, great comparison. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for making it through this shorter version of That's Good Sports podcast. Again, these go up every Thursday on my second channel. That's Good Podcasts. Uh, and download it. Download it in the podcast places. Download it, rate, uh, give us five five or six stars. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Perfect.